Hello. Okay. So I'm sorry for the delay on this podcast episode. I had recorded three episodes in a row and I, you know, recorded all of them. I (laughs) edited them. And then when I went to upload them into Anchor, they said it was an encrypted file and then I couldn't upload them. And then the file actually was encrypted. I don't even know what happened. Whatever. Either way, I had to re-record the podcast episode. So this is my second time recording it. And then I also am using it for an IGTV on Instagram. So you'll hear me say, you know, watch this or look at this a few times. So just ignore that. But anyway, without further ado, let's get into the episode. You're listening to Behind the Design Podcast, your digital version of co-working that takes you behind the scenes on how to create an authentic brand, build an intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. I'm your host and brand guru, Olivia Silvestro, here to equip you with the tools to wake up every day doing what you love and make money doing it. I'm so excited you're here. Let's get to it. Hello. Okay. So today we are talking about my favorite topic and that is your client process and just having a streamlined start to launch process for both you as the designer, as an agency, and for your client. So we're going to talk about today um, setting boundaries with clients, your project timeline, what to have in your contract, um, the best way to gather feedback and communicating with your team, and then why you should even care about your client process. So I have been refining, tweaking, and it is just a constant work in progress, uh, our client process, but it is the, in my opinion, the most important part of your business for a few reasons, which I'll get into. But before I get into this training, I just want to preface that I have a small little outline for this that I'll be kind of following along. But I really think that the best training and the best way for me to share this information is coming from top of mind. I think I'm way more effective at translating or communicating that way. So bear with me if it's a little scatterbrained. So first of all, why I'm doing this training. So as a designer or an agency owner, whatever it is that you are and whatever stage in business that you're in, it can feel super overwhelming taking on a new client. So there are so many moving parts that go into a web and brand design project. And when you don't set up your process and you don't have clear systems and you don't have you know, just a way that you typically do things, it can get very chaotic and you can start to lose track of the project. And what I mean by this is the client starts to take charge. The client starts to, you know, do things how they prefer versus the way that you want to do it. And while this is sometimes helpful, typically as the designer, you are the one that should be leading the project. And I'll tell you why. You are the expert. So when someone comes to you and they have hired you for brand and web, they are looking to you for guidance. And that starts with your process. So 
If you do not have a clear way to communicate with your clients, to set those boundaries, it's just going to go all over the place and it's not going to be good for you or the client as well. They're going to be very overwhelmed with everything going on. They're not going to know the best way to, you know, communicate things. This might be the first time they're working with a designer. So it's up to you as the expert to position them in a place for success. So while it might seem like you have this super strict process and you're worried about sharing it with the client, they need that structure and they appreciate it a lot more. So that is just the overall reason why you want to start with your client process. But the biggest reason, and this is why you should care about, you know, white glove service, luxury client experience, is it increases client retention. And What I mean by client retention is having clients come back to work with you on various projects, having refer, having your clients refer you to, um, you know, their friends and family and other people and random people on the internet. And the reason a streamlined client process and client management increases client retention is number one, it shows your professionalism. So I understand we're all creatives. We're all little got a brain up here. And I'm the first person to tell you that that is exactly how I am. It's very difficult for me to stay structured. So these systems really, really help me, but it shows your professionalism. And we have gotten a lot of compliments saying, wow, you're pretty organized for a creative. And that's actually, you know, a great compliment um, because, you know, we tend to be a little all over the place. So it shows your professionalism. And what I mean by this is it, positions you positions you as the expert so you you know have the systems in place you have the project timeline the contract all of that stuff and it shows that you're professional that you are not just doing this for fun you're not just a freelancer you have a legitimate business and you're actually there to produce a result and professionalism just comes off you know a lot better and they're people are more likely to refer you when they know you're professional so you know if you're yeah, that's just how it is. Um, so that's the first way that it increases your client retention. And then the second way is it's easy communication for a collaborative experience. And this is something I tell our clients all the time. We are an extension of your team. So you are not just hiring us as an agency, but it. I want you to feel, you as in our clients, I want them to feel like they can come to us with ideas, with, um, you know, anything that they want to do with their business. And it's a collaborative experience. So if you have easy communication, they know what's expected of them. You have clear boundaries. um, They know what's expected of them and vice versa. It makes for a more collaborative experience and it makes it a lot more fun. Sometimes these design projects can feel like they're difficult. There's not proper communication. You know, the designer might not be getting the overall vibe or experience that the, that the client is looking for. So if you're, if you have the correct processes in place in order to make the communication easy for the client, that's going to increase your client retention. So whenever you hear someone talking about white glove service, luxury design experience, that's really what they're talking about. So if you're saying, oh, I want more clients, I'm not getting enough clients, um, I would focus on your current process that you have now and and that will then in turn create that um, client retention and increase your overall um, 
you know, lead generation and things like that. Okay, so that's one reason why you should care. It increases your client retention. The second reason you should care is because it avoids scope creeps. So if you have a system and process in place, then projects will go on for years and years and years. And we all have had those clients who have been around for years um, and their project just never seems to end. So when you have a clear contract, a clear project timeline, um, and things like that in place, it avoids those scope creeps and it's clear of, you know, what the scope of the project is and what you will actually produce in the amount of time. And the reason scope creeps are not good is because it prolongs the project, obviously. And the negative part of that is it decreases the momentum. So if you have a project that's going on for six months, eight months, a year, it really diminishes the momentum. And, you know, the design starts to look a little Frankenstein-y. Um, you start to lose momentum and excitement for the project. So does the client. And that's just not fun for anyone. And then you also just lose money. You know, the longer the project goes on, the more designers you have on it, the more hours you work on it, you're just you're just losing money. And nobody wants that. So it increases client retention and it avoids scope creeps. So now let's talk about what makes a good design process. So first things first is you want to set up clear boundaries up front with a seamless onboarding process. Now, I know everyone's excited when they get a new client and they're just like, you know, want to get started. Sure. Avoid the, you know, having to do all of the, you know, housekeeping and boring housekeeping things, but that is not how to go about it. So I personally don't love this part, onboarding a new client. However, it's the most important part. So I'm just kind of going to go through what we do for our onboarding process and just share a little bit about that because I think it might be helpful. If you ever have any questions with this, let me know. Um, I'd be happy to go further in depth. Um, but also we talk about this a lot in Design to Scale, which is my mastermind. So if you ever have want more one-on-one -on -one support, more group support, let me know about that because Design to Scale is for specifically for designers to help you guys with this. Okay, so set boundaries up front with a seamless onboarding process. So our onboarding process includes a client video portal. Our client video portal has tons of videos in there and it walks through the clients um, through everything that the client needs. So we walk through the project timeline, we walk through the contract, um, their click up list, and everything that's expected of them, everything that's in their Google folder. And in the Google folder is their discovery questionnaire, you know, all of that stuff. And we make it really, really clear to them what exactly is expected of them and what we need to get started. So having having the client video portal is really great, especially if we have clients who aren't starting for a few months, they can still um, onboard and watch all of those videos and kind of get an idea of everything that we need for their project. The second thing we have is their click up list and the click up list has everything they could possibly, possibly need in there. So everything, that the project includes. So it has, you know, all of the onboarding stuff, like everything we need from them. We have all of the logo revisions, the brand strategy, literally every single thing tasked out. 
into a ClickUp list. And then we also use Google folders. So we have, you know, um, every, all of the content, brand photos, testimonials, things like that go into a Google folder. And all of this is linked, linked through ClickUp. And we just send the ClickUp list along with a email, um, an onboarding email that has the contract, the invoice, and all of that stuff. So that's just kind of a little bit of what our project, our, excuse me, our onboarding process looks like. So the first thing that's important, and this was a question that I got when I asked you guys in stories for, um, like some struggles that you had with client projects and client management. Side note, if you ever see my stories asking you guys questions, asking you what it is that you're struggling with, what you need, seriously, don't be afraid to answer or send me a message. I always answer them. And the reason I ask you guys this is to help you and create more content like this for you. So don't ever hesitate to ask. So one of the questions was setting due dates for myself, but then also for clients as well. And this is where a project timeline comes in. And I know for myself, I was worried about having project timelines for a really long time because I was like, I don't want to have a project timeline. I want to have, you know, be more lenient, allow me to be creative. But then that's how you have scope creeps. And if you're not obeying a project timeline, then why would your client? So Having a clear project timeline is huge. So what that looks like is basically we just have it as a Google Doc and it's in and it's basically just this is when this is due. This is when we will send you, you know, your logo design. This is when you need feedback. This is when we need we'll send you logo design round two. This is when we need feedback. And it literally has dates for every single thing. And we have this project timeline. It's in the Google Doc. And then we also go over it again in the client video portal. It is also linked in their ClickUp. We also talk about it on our first kickup call, kickoff call, excuse me. And then it's also outlined in the contract. So it is very clear that the project timeline needs to be obeyed and that if it isn't, then there's repercussions. So it might seem excessive, but it's just helpful for clients and they also know you know, what's expected of them and whatnot. And basically it also helps with no-show clients. So if clients just kind of like disappear for a month or two, um, they know they can't do that. So the project timeline is really important in the onboarding process in order to set boundaries for yourself and for the client as well. So um, just to answer the question of setting like not me not procrastinating, you know, in your project timeline, you should have when things are due back to the client. So typically our timelines look like three to five days for design and then um, two days for feedback. So that's just kind of like a little thing that we do. Okay. The next step is to have an organized project task list. And this is kind of what I touched on a little bit. Um, And we specifically use ClickUp and we use this for client facing things. So we have in every single ClickUp list and you'll see it um, right here on the screen. And if you're listening to the podcast, you won't see this. So basically we have everything organized in the ClickUp project task list. 
task list. And this is literally everything that you could possibly need to have in the project. So logo design, one, two, three, um, final, brand guidelines, brand board, all of that stuff is organized in the client, um, in the ClickUp test. And we use this for client-facing communication. And the reason we do this is because we have multiple designers on the team and we don't want to miss anything. So if we're constantly forwarding emails, if I'm missing emails and then I have to forward it to designers, it just kind of makes the whole process a lot more confusing. And then it also bottlenecks you as the agency owner. If you have a design team, it bottlenecks you into getting things done quicker. So we have, yes, so we use ClickUp for all client-facing things. So when we have a logo design, we send it to the client via ClickUp and they communicate with us through there. We also communicate on the back end via Slack just as a team. So before anything gets sent to the client, we're going back and forth in Slack, you know, tweaking things, making things, making sure things are um, client ready. So just making sure everything is organized in a project task list. And this helps you as the designer. So whether or not you have a team, it just helps you kind of see, okay, what's due when, what do I still have left? Um, if a client emails you and it's like, oh, I also want to add Instagram templates, you can just add it into their folder there. And you don't have to only use ClickUp. I know Asana is a really good one. Some people use um, Trello whatever that is, um, but just having it all mapped out and then also allows the client to kind of see when things are due, when you need website content, um, what's missing, where where they're needed, and it just allows them to see the whole project as a whole. And it just makes such a huge difference for, um, you know, for just for everyone. And if the client's ever like, oh, what are they working on? They can just look at their project task list. Jeez task list and see it all in there. So that's number one, the project timeline. Number two, an organized project task list. And then number three is a seamless design process. And I know that this was another question that I got a lot actually when I posted that story was receiving feedback and just having a, making sure, well, number one, making sure clients aren't going back and forth and constantly changing their ideas. So we do this through wireframes and having the clients sign off on copy. So typically our our clients work with copywriters. Now, if they don't, um, so having a copywriter is amazing because then the copywriter finalizes everything for you and there's typically not a lot of change to the copy. So however, if a client does have changes to copy, we just ask that they sign off on it. So it's like, okay, this is your services, this is this, um, and make it clear that they can't change their mind after they send it over to us. So after they send us over all of the copy, then we create the wireframe. And the initial wireframe is just like one to three pages. We share it with them and we ask them if they like the you know, overall design aesthetic, the use of photos, colors, fonts, things like that. Now, typically they'll have a few changes. And then once we make those changes, then we bring it online and we make it really clear during that wireframe um, sign off that this is the direction of design that we're going in so that, you know, if we have 
brand elements here and they're like, oh, no, I actually really don't like that. They can't just like go back and change their mind um, after we've designed the whole website. So this is really helpful if you do have clients that go back and forth, have sign off dates in your project timeline for them to say and make it known like you can't go back and change your mind and you could back yourself up with a contract but we've never had any issues with our clients saying that they they obviously don't want to change their mind a ton of times anyway because they don't want to keep redoing things so um just making it really clear when you're signing off on things to make sure that the um that they know they can't change things and one thing that we do as well that we actually just started implementing that's been really really helpful is um we started making it um having our calls booked ahead of time so during the onboarding process we book our kickoff call and our website calls so that we already have them in place and we can get face-to-face time with clients. So I know sometimes you're like, oh, I don't want to get on a call with a client, but it actually makes it a lot easier for you to get that communication and the feedback that you need. So we do, we plan or we schedule two calls up front with the client. And then typically we'll do like two more after that. So we usually have about four calls with one client. Um, Another thing too is receiving feedback. So after you have like the concrete and you're like, have the client sign off, blah, 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 getting the actual feedback back. So we do two things. One thing is that ClickUp allows you to upload a PDF and the client can comment all around it. If you're watching the IGTV, you'll be able to see um, what I'm talking about on the screen. So you can, um, yeah, so the client can go through, they can you know, click on a picture and be like, love this picture. Or they can click on another picture and say, I actually don't like this picture. Let's switch it out. Let's remove this triangle, whatever it might be. So they can add whatever they want um, in there. And that makes it really easy versus a Google Doc that's like on the homepage, three sections down, and then you're like looking for what they're talking about. So that's one way. And there's also a few programs like that. There's one I can't think of the name of. So if you know it, comment it below. However, there's also Figma. And there's one more. I really can't think of it. But um, that allow you to upload PDF and the client can just go through and say like change this and change that. So that's one way to do it. Another way that we encourage feedback is through looms. And this is like so great because we can just watch the loom and the client can, and we could just watch the loom that the client has created and easily just kind of follow along on the page and make the updates as needed. So If you put those things in place, you have the wireframes that the client signs off on, and then you offer them good ways to give feedback. This is just a recipe for you being a happy designer and the client knowing the best way to give feedback. And we also share with them the best way to give feedback. Either we'll send another loom for them as we present the wireframe, but we also have a video in the client video portal kind of walking them through the best practices and different things to do. Okay, so I think those are all of the answers that are all of the questions. I answered all of the questions that everyone had. Um, It's really just having the seamless processes and the systems in place in order to increase the client retention and make it as easy as possible for the client. And I think the key takeaway here is 
really establishing a process and systems so that you know what's expected of you, the client knows what's expected of them, and you're positioned as the expert and really taking control of the project. Again, clients come to you because you are the expert and they want to know and they they want you to take the reins. So if you're ever feeling frustrated with clients, like that's not how I want feedback, you know, that's not what I want. It's probably because you haven't communicated properly with the client exactly how you want it. And don't be afraid to set those boundaries up front. Don't be afraid to share videos, share looms, over communicate because that is what's going to produce the best client process that you could possibly need. So I hope this was helpful. Again, if you ever have any questions, please let me know. Send me a DM. Um, And if you are interested in more mentorship, more hands-on, more group coaching, I have a program specifically for designers. It's called Design to Scale, and it is for designers to scale thrive and build a freedom-based business. So if you have, if you're interested in that, there are very limited spots. It's a small little intimate group. So please reach out. We are starting in July, but I will talk to you guys later. And I hope that this was a helpful training. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please like, comment, and leave a review. It helps me out more than you know, but I hope you have a beautiful day and I will talk to you next week.